This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Welcome back, Disaster Divas. It is your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it is me, Amanda Smith. <laughs> also co-host. Such a calm way of starting the show. What the hell? That was I don't weird. Know. I, well, I was, I was distracted, um, and I kind of forgot that I was supposed to say my own name. Well, uh, it's, it's, it was a calm start because what we're going to launch into today is into the grizzly maze. Oh, Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like I wanted to save the gusto yeah. for the saying of into the grizzly maze <laughs> with a with a a barn burner of a cast. Well, so I, I realized this today. We keep meaning to do this. And we don't. Um, in terms of places where you can watch into the grizzly maze, if you're just turning on the episode now mm-hmm. and you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, you can find into the grizzly maze. Via stars, if you have stars, that's how I watched it. Yes, and then I should have looked this up, but I forgot to do that. Uh, And Hulu, if you have a certain... Oh, if you like subscribe to the stars plugin via Hulu, it is also linked up through there, but that stars baseline. So you can watch this if you haven't yet on... uh, You can rent it on Amazon, you can rent it on iTunes, you can watch it on Vudu, and it is also on stars. And so that's, you know, I guess if you want to pause and go watch that, you should we'll have wait. done your homework already, but okay. Hey, every episode is someone's first episode. It's true. That's Hell true. yeah. <laughs> and that's Jason. If this is your first Producer, episode, there yeah. will be a man occasionally jumping in named Jason. Uh, and he, he did not watch Into the Grizzly Maze this week, so he'll be having, he'll be chiming in with color commentary of his own. Um, but really, your week is less for it, because Into the Grizzly Maze was... I don't want to, I mean, not to, not to blow this all, you know, out of, but it was fucking great. It was, a, it was a blast. Yeah. Um, would you care to tell the folks at home what Grizzly, Into the Grizzly Maze yeah, is as, about? As you were, as I, you were saying before I interrupted you, it has a, as you, I think you were going to say barn burner of a cast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic cast. It's a cast of people where you go, when did this get made? Because I didn't know that they were in a movie together. Right, right. Uh, it stars James Marsden and Thomas Jane mm-hmm. as two brothers who are estranged, uh, brother James Marsden comes back into town to hunt down his friend who's gone missing in the woods, mm-hmm. but not just in the woods, in a part of the woods known as the Grizzly Maze. Yes, it is. And this is uh, like, think, I'm not quite sure where they are, but think like Pacific Northwest it's terrain, like big deep woods. mountainous hills, evergreen forest. Lots of places for a grizzly to get you. Yeah. Very damp, very gray. A lot of green. So green. Yeah. Verdant. Um, and so James Marsden has come back into town to his hometown um, to help to find his friend. And then along the way, he and his brother are uh, have to then save his brother's wife because there is a killer grizzly bear on the loose, a man-eating grizzly bear. Yeah, I mean, they essentially have to save the town because there's a man-eating grizzly bear on the loose. We we lose some people along the way, uh, some rogues, really, of society, yeah. but also just some uh, some good folks, some law enforcement folks. and uh, But most importantly, and I left this out entirely, they are also kind of at odds and then allies with a tracker Mm -hmm. an eccentric tracker played Mm -hmm. by of all people billy bob thornton yeah who really i mean 
When we say of all people, Billy Bob Thornton is the one who makes the most sense in this movie as Douglas, the professional tracker. He makes the most sense as the character, but not to be in this movie. Oh, I think he makes, besides Thomas Jane, I think he makes the most sense. Thomas Jane feels right at home in this movie. Yes. I think Billy Bob Thornton makes a ton of sense in this movie. Really? I just, I was I, it so is not. It is not terribly different from Sling Blade, really. Yes. I mean, in, uh, in severity of its issues, sure. But like, I don't know. I, I, anything where you can identify... Billy Bob Thornton as a like simple living country man seems feels appropriate to me for the man himself. Yeah, I just I was genuinely surprised because I did I would have been one of those times where if you told me Billy Bob Thornton is in a movie about a killer grizzly bear, I'd be like, that just I would think that that would be a little bit above his pay grade, but it might have been the situation where they pitched him and he was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I mean, I feel like since Sling Blade, we haven't really known Billy Bob to like limit his options to Academy Award winning fare. True. He has <laughs> been bad Santa multiple times. That's, That's true. fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Which a, a, another role he was born to play. Yes. Yeah. And there's just such a, there's, he's so... He's one of those actors who plays a familiar person sort of every time you see him. Oh, yeah. In that Denzel way, the Billy Bob Thornton way of like, you kind of know the attitude and posture that you're going to get in every character. There's such that distinctive tone of voice. Yeah. And when it is translated in this case, as you said, to a rather Ahab-esque man who has a at once like worshipful but hateful obsession with bears. Yeah. Um, which we will get into why later. It really just every time he's on screen, there's he's bringing like a gravitas to his lines yeah. that far exceeds everybody else, and not because it feels like he's totally in a different movie. It does really feel like this guy. It's just who he is. It would be who he is. This yeah. is how and, and this movie has a really the way this movie talks about hunting is very much like a spiritual experience. Yeah, like. What we we learn about Thomas Jane's character that he has married a photographer and conservationist played by Piper Parabo, and his brother asks great him. Great job they, with that sentence. I'm sorry, just great job with that <laughs> sentence. Really, you really nailed it. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, when him and uh, James Marsden have been reunited um, as estranged brothers, uh, he's like, you know, how'd you land a woman like that? And he looks at him and he's like, I put away my hunting rifle. And James Marsden, there's like a beat. He like looks up and he's like, really? And he's like, yeah. And you're like, okay, so hunting is a big deal to this family. There is, there's a, the, the, the probably silliest thing about this movie is how it meets out exposition, which I think oh, will play into get, our reality indexing. Yeah. From the moment this movie starts, we are misled, I feel, and I think you agree, into believing that James Marsden's return to town is especially sorrowful and he is a malcontent person because he has lost his brother. Yeah, so when we first, the cold open of this movie is that You've got James, two young boys yeah. trekking through the woods, holding uh, rifles as big as they are, and a grizzly bear shows up and almost attacks and attacks one of the brothers, and it cuts out after Rowan, who is the James Marsden character, is yelling, "Get away from my brother!" Yes. and holding a gun. Yeah, and, and then we cut to a melancholy-looking yeah. James Marsden going back home with riding his head on a like bus. yeah riding on a bus with his head resting on the glass looking sorrowfully out the window and you're like okay so he lost his brother that's the yeah. foundation for this character like he has a vendetta against bears because bears ate his brother exactly. and now he's gonna find the bear that ate his brother and kill like it like the you hurricane think, you know. heist yeah. like an inverse hurricane heist it, it did have it had big hurricane heist feel yeah like a vibe as well i fully expected one of the brothers to be like they're gaining on us <laughs> I was waiting for that moment. Yeah. A um, meteorologist Toby Kebbell to show up. I, I, 
that wow you know i i had different fantasy casting but i <laughs> pulled up you know what i'm changing Revision. my fantasy casting right now <laughs> so marsden rolls into town and he's gonna stay at a motel which is where we see him meet with a woman who they don't specify why he's there but she gives him a map to go into the woods and mm-hmm. he's like you're doing the right thing and basically like i guess i'm i'll find him yeah. And so, like, okay, he's there on a tracking mission. We don't yet know he's returned to his hometown. Yeah, we, ju- we all we know is that he's at a motel. Yeah. He's been handed a gun and a handwritten map. Uh-huh. Oh, and also, we have seen by now, in the cold open, there there's the boys, like, looking like one of them's going to die of a grizzly attack. And we also see Adam Beach is working as a, like, sort of contract tracker for these poachers. And they've been in the woods on an expedition fucking mutilating a bunch of black bears yeah and like and, cubs yeah and, and adam beach plays a character named johnny cadillac and johnny cadillac like we see him throw a black bear on the ground right as this guy is lopping off the paws of a dead black bear and adam beach is like this is too many it's gone too far and they are harvesting parts of bears for sale well this is our first encounter with the grizzly the and and i think the point where we learned that this grizzly is uh is out for restorative justice yeah oh this is this is the dirty hairy yeah of of bears yeah like he's going to he this bear is going to get the bad guys yes uh, then but then like many power hungry bears do yeah. the bear starts going after the good guys as well because he stops understanding the fine line between good and bad yes. he can like the bear ch- bites off more than the bear can chew oh uh, the bear manages to chew a lot <laughs> yes he does that bear had some jaws on him um but you know in terms of like the reality indexing yeah. of it um like when he when rowan shows up in that town and yeah. takes that gun yeah and that li- it's just a little little handheld little gun. handgun he has he has like seriously a six-shooter revolver and he's gonna go into the woods into an area that is known colloquially as the grizzly maze the grizzly maze so named by his own father yeah. who was an expert tracker and hunter himself who really did it for the love of the wild and the love of nature. And he had a big reverence we learned for the grizzly maze. So he did it for, he did it for pay. Sometimes he would lead tracking expeditions, but we learn eventually that for the most part, he just would head out on his own Mm -hmm. and ate what he killed and lived off of what he could get on his own. He was a very pure man. And that is, we eventually learned too, that Douglas was kind of his, the yin to his yang. Yeah. Douglas and him, Douglas and, uh, Thomas Jane and James Marsden's dad were hunting partners. And after uh, truly one of the best origin stories. Oh God. I, I can think of in recent memory. Yeah. It's just a great, a great origin story. Do you want to, you want to handle that yeah, one? Yeah, Douglas uh, was, was out hunting. He got attacked by a bear mm-hmm. in a mighty struggle. We learn he defeated the bear by stabbing it through the throat and killing it. He was severely injured, but he recovered. And upon recovering, he snapped, as the town sheriff explains, and went on a grizzly, went on a bear killing spree in the woods, mutilating 20 bears. What'd you say it's a grizzly killing spree? A grizzly killing spree. Perhaps a grizzly killing spree of, I would assume, non-grizzly bears, for the most part, maybe black bears. Um, because this movie, despite what the grizzly maze to me implies, only featured one grizzly. Yeah. So it wasn't a maze of grizzlies. It was a singular. It was a maze in which a grizzly inhabited. Yeah, so they, which I appreciated that they did clarify because I also thought into the grizzly maze would be like you turn a corner and there's seven grizzly bears just sitting there playing poker then they eat you. Right. But I appreciated that at one point. So at this point, there's a lot of things that have happened, but uh, there is, so there's Thomas Jane 
and then there's James Marsden, and then there's two women. Mm-hmm. Um, one of whom is James, who we could basically just say. Then there are two liabilities. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> that's a perfect way to describe yes. them. Yeah, the women and, in this movie are strictly burdens. Yeah, and we want more from them. I want yes. more from both of them, and you get nothing. Nothing more from both of them. There's one that's sent out as like one goes to like as a medical professional. She goes out with Thomas Jane because he's going out essentially on a search and rescue mission of his wife. To he's found out about this nasty grizzly that's out there. She's out of one of her little conservation runs. He's going to bring her back home. She goes, um, Michelle, girl, Michelle. No, Michelle's Michelle the is wife. the wife. Girl Kaylee goes out there yeah. ostensibly as like a medical professional and provides no medical services throughout a movie where people are getting mauled, ripped apart, slashed open. Yeah. And she herself gets gravely wounded. And but does, does not do much to help herself. No, doesn't do much to help herself and seemingly does no triage on anyone else either. No, she just kind of, she carried a backpack and she carried the rifle that uh, Thomas Shane refused to carry. <laughs> yes. So she did serve as arms. Yes, she was um, arms. She was arms. But yeah, so when, and we're led to believe that she and James Marsden have a history together. And so James Marsden is standing on the edge of a cliff looking out, surveying the, the grizzly mm-hmm. maze. And Keely shows she shows up and stands behind him and they have a little moment and she looks out over it with him and she says, so that's the infamous grizzly maze. And he says, that's what my dad used to call it. Mm -hmm. And then she answers, because even grizzlies can get lost down there. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he called it the grizzly maze, which is not what mazes. A corn maze is not a maze (laughs) where where corn gets lost. (laughs) Where corn goes to to disappear. Yeah, even they call it the corn maze because even corn gets lost in it. Like, that's not how mazes work. We don't call them those things. Yeah, it's it's not not like we call them human mazes. Yeah, exactly. And it's also it's also quite presumptuous that like a bear would get lost in the woods. Like, no, no. No, Kaylee, give the bears more goddamn credit than that. I mean, this is their home. What is what is getting lost mean to a bear anyway on a philosophical <laughs> level? Like, where does a bear have to go that it can get lost that from that? Well, extremely good point. It's more like a kind of a metaphor. Like, it's it's more like the bears go in there and they get so like kind of absorbed in the environment and stuff that they kind of get lost in their passions. You know, they, like, they lose themselves in their <laughs> in work. Their passions. They're they're picking berries and stuff. In it's there like Area so X, kind of, really, and it yeah. becomes like an annihilation situation where where you have a human bear hybrid. Oh, okay. And the accompanying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear, I would also watch scream. that movie. I mean, I'd, you I'd can. It's called. Annihilation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's not like the movie I would watch. I'm saying like I would watch the movie where there's a human bear hybrid and then like you're in a maze and there's a human bear hybrid in a maze. I mean, and that's it's basically not, not what's going on in Annihilation. There is a there is a human bear hybrid in that right. that produces a hybrid bear human scream it's, that is one of the most chilling things I've ever seen in a film. Okay. I, that, I mean, that's compelling. I I'm just want to send you a clip like, of the human bear. I, I would like you to send me a clip of the okay. bear. I also, I'm thinking more of like a Greek myth style. Like okay. The, the Which I think is what Jason minotaurs. is really pitching here. Yeah. Getting lost in their passions. Yeah. They're yeah. finding themselves. So yeah. In, in, yeah. A, in a, like a lo- land of the lotus eater situation. Yeah. No, I'm thinking like a minotaur's maze, except at the end. Hell yeah. There's a grizzly. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So. Which again, to- minotaur maze wasn't a maze where minotaurs got lost. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This is this predates the grizzly maze, and still, anyway. Although so- Maze Runner was a place where runners got, got, lost. To- got lost. That is yeah, true. So. But that would be the runner's maze. If it were, if mm, that would be a place where runners mm, get lost. Good point. Yeah, they were literally maze runners. Um, so uh, a point of believability in an overarching sense that we we talked about before we got started, Amanda, is I fully believe how crime riddled oh, yeah. this backwoods 
like natural, like evergreen rainforest shit town in the Pacific Northwest is. Oh my God. Like let's run through the list. Okay. Yeah. There are, there are, uh, illegal loggers yes. who meet bear justice. Yeah. There are poachers who meet bear justice. Meet bear justice. <laughs> there is a uh, surprise prostitution. Yeah. Which doesn't meet bear surprise. justice, but I was waiting on bear justice for surprise, for surprise. Wait, <laughs> surprise prostitution near this, uh, wilderness. No, in, in the town. Yes. Rowan arrives and he's drinking away his sorrows in, in the bar, bar the nights he get the night he gets there and a woman starts hitting on him which woman hitting on James Marsden totally believable, believable. oh my that. god in this movie in particular him. I was <laughs> I I mean just to have like a little moment of Amanda have, like my vehement heterosexuality right <laughs> I was shocked by how much because James Marsden's like objectively pretty but he's never done it for me before and I was watching this movie and I was he's like a beard. is because he's a dirtbag in it, this yes. and I'm into it yeah that's what it is. It's well, and he's, he's an ex-con. Well, when she says like, dirtbag, oh. he's not like he's not bad. He's a beard. Like he, that's what we're talking about. And here. also, he's a, like he's a woodsy man. He's mm. a woodsy man who resorts to physical violence, and also like did time. If he had had a baseball bat in his hand, Amanda would have been rendered unconscious. I, <laughs> I could not have watched this movie. Right? Yeah, it would have been NSFW. Yeah. too much for Amanda. Um, yeah, that would so have been then, impressive. But then, like, he gets the girl back to his room, and she's like, "Well, you got to pay me first. And he's like, yeah. "Oh, I did. Oh, I really didn't. And it really was entrapment. That wasn't yeah. fair. No, she like. Uh, she was. She just shows up, starts dancing, yeah. asks him to dance. That's yeah. not a normal prostitute move, I would assume. It just there was no, there was nothing made clear that this was transactional. Yeah. So there was surprise prostitution, which leads to a fight out in the parking lot when he makes the girl leave because he's not gonna pay for sex, and then either her boyfriend or bo- boyfriend pimp or both, I would assume, both. is waiting for her in the parking lot, presumably to hand him the cash. He doesn't, so he starts roughing her up. So James has to go out and beat the shit out of him, which I totally believe he would do fully believed it and win and then we eventually and keep punching and i was like don't ever stop james marston yeah no they were they were the when he gives him like a direct jab to the nose and uh, just sends him stumbling back yeah. that was really my favorite and he's and then we learned shortly thereafter that he's been in prison yeah for killing a man for seven years where now we know he's been learning to defend himself in the jailhouse for years sure um but yeah the surprise prostitution and then there then there's definitely oh the sheriff is on the take sheriff is sheriff has been paid off by the poachers yep poachers like illegal loggers this guy has probably yeah. got it so wired in and he's making so much backward money because he is about to retire and he's got not enough to live on is played by Scott Glenn which mm-hmm. also feels is very believable in this role um and uh, there's so much coming from oregon the the crime that we don't see absolutely exists here too there's definitely a meth lab out in the woods 100 percent. there's definitely a weed growing operation out in the woods absolutely that's what, uh, except that not in the grizzly maze because then that grizzly wouldn't be so angry right but that might be what the grizzly's so hungry though the bear justice hey. would be bear justice would totally be served to the meth addicts polluting the groundwater um, but yeah, we, this oh, is also we learn that Rowan is um, the reason he goes to jail in the first place is because he was participating in an illegal uh, yep. like rum running basically onto the Indian reservation nearby yes, with Johnny Cadillac. With, yeah, which is their backstory and how they're connected with one another. So so we've got that, too. So we've got rum running. Yeah. So really it's just, it's a lawless town. Yeah. And that feels I felt very much that felt commensurate with the setting. And it also that is absolutely a place where Douglas Ahab of Grizzlies would live too. Yeah. And that would be a town that, that suited his like bear annihilating obsession, a town of rogues, miscreants, people who don't want to be found. Yeah. So we go out. So we, we have multiple interests going out into the woods. The, uh, the, the loggers being slaughtered by the bear 
uh, sends finally sends the police out into the woods to start tracking down the bear and also to find Thomas Jane's wife. Yeah. So Thomas Jane, Sully's Sully, the the police officer after the bear, yeah, Sully, the sheriff, the I sheriff. Believe. Yeah. After they find the loggers, which it was a great little like the loggers, the chainsaws are still in the tree. Yes. Their hands are still attached to the yes. chainsaw, but there's no logger <clears throat> exactly. attached to the hands. <laughs> um, and the uh, and Thomas Jane's like, I got to go find my wife. Yeah. And then Kaylee goes with him. Sully, meanwhile, is like, okay, we have to kill the bear. Mm hmm. And we're going to get we're going to clear out all the hikers. So the police are, have gone to the woods for that reason. Yeah. Thomas Shane has gone in for his own cross purposes. Yes. And oh, Rowan and has gone also to find Johnny Cadillac. Johnny Cadillac. And also um, Thomas Shane is very adamant of like, don't kill the bears. Because apparently he like as a hobby puts collars on them now and tracks them. Yes. He's monitoring the bear population yeah. of the woods and is deeply objecting to anybody so much as harming a bear, even and and like listen the bear is angry because his world is being destroyed and he's being pushed to desperation feeding because his land is being tainted but i like in the case of multiple murder at the hands of bear i understand the authority's position yeah. of being like no we need to kill this one bear this like this is maybe not the good bear yeah like yeah. i i thomas jane's adherence to bear protection in that case was like, listen, you're an officer of the law, fucking first and foremost. We're not talking about going out here with a Gatling gun and wiping out every bear in existence. Yeah. We're talking about one van-sized grizzly. Yeah, they're not man. killing Winnie the Pooh. Yes. They're killing, they're just going for Yogi. Yeah, it, it, is, like, it is a tragic set of circumstances, but like, do your job. Yeah. Protect and serve. Yeah. The human population. But, and he's so like, he is so conservationist minded like presumably because of his wife uh the the love of his life which is what she is too uh he like talks about the poachers and the and, and johnny cadillac and like well they're gonna like you know they'll get what they deserve like they had it coming to them it's like okay the guys who are cutting off bear paws yes but you're talking about sort of anybody who would shoot a bear at this point like they should be dismembered by an animal and that's a very activist approach for a law enforcement officer to take in this context. It I'm was, surprised you still broad, have a job, dude. It was a broad, broad stance, uh, <laughs> yes. especially for a guy like up in that area who also, you know, does theoretically have to deal with occasionally like animals that are rabid. Yes. It was, it was questionable. Um, and also cause like his wife, Michelle is just sort of this, she's a conservationist and a, a but she just sort of seems to take pictures. Yeah, she seems to just, she goes she to the woods and wanders every day. So, okay, reality index on this one. Yeah. So one thing we haven't covered yet about Michelle, and I think it's important to point out <laughs> that we haven't covered it because the movie, you get this moment of exposition because the movie loves to these like exposition dumps where yeah. they're just like, well, we need to get this information across. So so James Marsden gets to, Thomas Jane takes him back to their old, to their, their old family home where yeah. Thomas Jane lives now. And I guess it's Rowan's room um, and is now Michelle's office. And he sees, a, Rowan sees a picture of her and Thomas Jane's like, that's Michelle, met her seven years ago. She was, so, she did something and then she became, a, then she went back to school and then she became a biologist and then she became a conservationist. And also on the weekend, she likes to take photographs of animals and he gives this whole exposition. Yeah. And it's not until <clears throat> she, we meet her in the woods we have seen several minutes of her walking through the woods. 
the bad grizzly attacks her. She's setting up snares. She's setting up snares. Presumably no. because maybe she, maybe for collaring bears. I don't know why this woman would be out there trying to trap animals. I don't, I don't know. They never really explain why she sets snares, except that it's something that she can then get caught in. Cause she stumbles backward, yeah. almost gets eaten by the bear. But then fortunately Rowan saves her. But at that moment, we learn a very important fact that I feel like maybe Thomas Jane could have mentioned sooner, yes. which is she is deaf. <laughs> yes. Piper Parabo is playing a deaf woman in this movie. Which, uh, <clears throat> when, that, when, when that revelation occurred in the movie, I just was like, oh, oh God, no. Yeah, it's, Not it's because of the, just that moment, you're like, oh, Piper Parabo is playing a deaf woman. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, you're just, your stomach kind of drops a little bit. You're like, shh. It's not, yeah, you don't have a ton of faith that this is going to go really well. Like, I, it's, Piper Parabo is not the top. It'd be sort of like having Kate Hudson play Helen Keller. Like, it's just not <laughs> the top of the list of, like, this is going to be a compassionate depiction of the situation at hand. And, well, and they don't even, like, they don't even go all in enough yeah. to even attempt to justify why they need a deaf character in here because the women cause are in nothing but peril Regardless. the entire time. Yeah. But not for me, not, at no point does her loss of a sense factor into her being in danger. There's no moment no. where if only she had heard X thing happening, it is purely a cosmetic detail it's just that prompts her extra. and Tom and Jane, Thomas Jane to converse in the most limited sign language that they had to learn for the purposes of her ornamental deafness in this film. Yeah. Meanwhile, as Thomas Jane the whole time is speaking as he's signing, um, so that we as an audience can know what's happening. And yes. it's really weird and stilted. But for the reality, and like ignoring for a moment the why of that, because uh -huh. there is absolutely no reason. None. Did you believe that Thomas Jane as a character would let um, no. Michelle, thank you. No. I she, love that you knew that, like where that's, <laughs> that he wouldn't be like, cool, I'm fine with that. You need to go with an experienced tracker. Yeah. You need to go with someone else. Even if it was like in an annoyingly paternalistic way, yeah. that would be like, fuck you, buddy. He like says that she goes into the woods pretty much every day. She goes off trail when she finds bear tracks and sets snares. With the way he was so protective of anybody else close to him going further into the woods. He's just cool. Yeah. With his, no, that character would not have been chill enough to let her go out there alone. Again, right. even to the point of being annoying, he would not have let her go. She out doesn't there alone. have, she doesn't, she's not carrying a pack. She's not carrying anything. There's no homing beacon. Like I know people who f do field research. There was no like GPS location. Yeah, there's no her. GPS. That was there's just general, nothing. generally unsafe. The game plan that Thomas Jane has when he has to go find her was, I'm just going to walk through the woods to where I think she's <laughs> supposed to be. And then yeah. hopefully I'll find her again, going into an area now, she's not in the grizzly maze, but she's grizzly maze adjacent. One can only assume that it's somewhere that maybe grizzly bears don't get lost in, but might need to double back a couple of times. So humans would struggle as well. Like, sure. this is not going to be a convenient, easy trip for anybody. Yeah. And yeah, she doesn't have a sat phone on no. her. She Which has... feels like fundamental nature preparedness yeah. when you are going every day yeah. into these woods. And like you said, he... like. This is also a law enforcement officer, somebody who's grown up and lived in this area, yeah. who spent their childhood hunting and tracking with their dad. They would have been up to speed on safety protocols. My dad is a hunter and a fisher. And when they go out into those woods, yeah. they are very prepared for people to find them should something happen to them when they were out in nature. Right. But all, And also, she's not wearing anything <clears throat> that's identifying. She's not wearing any sort of like 
bright orange vest right when yeah. he's like to be like hey there's poachers in the area yeah you're you're wearing basically she was wearing like earth tones she's basically <laughs> yeah. in human camouflage and she can't hear a hunter coming yeah so independent of any issues with potentially like the dangers of the bears themselves yeah i was shot like piper parabo's character michelle stands at a very good risk of being shot and mis- like mistaken <laughs> yeah. for a deer and shot and that's just yes. what it is and so at the whole time i was like this is a bad bad plan yeah. and an unnecessary character detail unless they were gonna cast a deaf actress in which case fucking awesome yeah okay great super cool and in that point it's an act a character a person who could an, a person who could actually bring life yeah. to a to this role yeah and their existence they would know how their existence was affected moment to moment by a lack of hearing yeah and also who wouldn't react when the shotgun goes off as and Piper me- Parabo does yes <laughs> there's and a few different times where she jumps at a sound and I was like well that's that's and a choice. Like one would imagine, if a if a deaf actress was actually cast into a role like this, they would hopefully the writer director would be receptive enough to be like, as a deaf woman, yeah. can I please interject here and say I wouldn't do these things, or here's what I would do in this situation, yeah. knowing that I am in an environment with lacking a critical sense where danger could await around every corner. Exactly. I mean, it's the, it's the, the own voices concept that like there is something of lived experience that really is valuable. And, um, God bless Piper Parabo, but she was not going to bring that lived experience with her. Yeah. So reality index, like on, in a movie where so many of the character choices of Thomas Jane and James Marsden are like, yeah, I, everything about them rings true. Yeah. The fight that they had in the middle of a harrowing situation because they needed to have their brother fight about their estrangement absolutely would have happened in the woods yeah in regardless of how extreme the environment was like we watched crawl and it was totally believable that there would be a father-daughter fight underneath a house during a hurricane when there are alligators pursuing somebody 100 percent right. would happen or in hurricane heist when the two brothers are in a truck about and they're like okay well here's let's have a brief <laughs> emotional talk and let's never talk let's about never this talk again. about this again yeah all of those are moments sense. that fully rang true um and so yeah it is a movie where there's a lot of those moments like yeah that is that is what those two dudes would be doing yeah um, every single moment with with Douglas Billy Bob Thornton, hundred <laughs> percent rang true. He like when in he, his like, in his entrance into the movie. Let's oh, do remark you also have the quote? They, I, I believe, I believe we would have the same one. But they're at the site where the hunters, the the loggers, have been slaughtered, and we just suddenly hear a voice kind of in the background and we cut to a wide shot of Billy Bob Thornton just standing on the edge of a crime scene. And thank God one of the police officers does ask him, what are you doing here? This is a crime scene. Yeah. You can't just fucking walk up here, man. But it's a bear crime scene. And, and he's, 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 he's bear victims unit. And he, he answers, I was hunting bears when you were still playing tiddlywinks, asshole. Yes! And that is when we realize that the entire character profile of Douglas is hunts bears. Yeah. The it's, entire driving motivation in life for Douglas is Hunts Bears. Is Billy Bob Thornton Hunts Bears. Because it's yes. a very specific kind of Hunts Bears, mm-hmm. and it's a Billy Bob Thornton Hunts Bears kind. Because while you're playing tiddlywinks, comma, asshole. Asshole. Is the juxtaposition, is a poetic juxtaposition you only get from Billy Bob Thornton. And similarly, with that line delivery, when we realize that the sheriff has been on the take, it's because he goes to meet Douglas, because obviously conservationist, officer Thomas Jane is like, don't kill the bears. And so the sheriff goes to Douglas and he's like, look, I need you to find that bear and I need you to kill it. And then that's when we, that's when Billy Bob Thornton presses the sheriff and is like, yeah, well, you know, you're involved in this because you have been on the take with the poachers. So you're a criminal and they're like pressing each other. And then Billy Bob talking about 
um, going like he's definitely going to hunt this bear. He's definitely going to kill it. He says, "I've been waiting for this bear my whole life. I'm just surprised it took so long." He's just woke up every morning hoping a maniac giant bear, bear would siege his town yeah. so he could go fucking kill it. Yeah. That is the only thing keeping this man alive. And which leads us to like this jumps ahead, but I think it leads us to the entirely believable ending oh of my Douglas. God. So uh, I do want to one more Billy Bob Thornton quote and then yeah. I want to get to that, yeah, which is definitely um, this ain't your average bear. This is a clever one. Which, when he recites that, I was like, that is how they describe Yogi Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Which, in my head, there is an alternate version of this movie that is this exact movie, but with cartoon Yogi Bear. (laughs) With the Charmin Bears, in which case, I'm fully rooting for the Hunters. Oh, God, get him. fuck the Charmin Bears. I hate the Charmin Bears. Charmin, if you're listening, ditch the Charmin Bears. I've never wanted to... I don't understand why I have to spend so much of my adult life thinking about the bear buttholes. About dirty bear asses well, i just don't want and it. the implication that we can empathize as humans because our asses are similarly so unclean we've been waiting for Charmin to solve this problem of generations for us i've never i never have i've honestly never done a parallel of like oh well if the bear's butt is dirty then so is mine i've honestly in never. my head i'm just like nope Two. it's bear butts yep. it's all about bear butts <laughs> two responses the second one could possibly be tmi so i'll hold uh but oh. the first one I think, like, in, in, in addition to retiring the Charmin bear, uh-huh. I think we as a society should retire Charmin as well <laughs> as all toilet paper companies, at least at the level that they are, and just accept the fact that we need water on our butts. We need Oh, like, so you're, you're a bidet fan. I'm 100% I know quite a, a few people fan. who have converted to the bidet, and they love it. I, I personally am. think especially every man on that Earth should use a bidet. That's think, think, true. Think, think about it. If you... The Charmin no, bears. You know, are, no, you guys. I'm sorry, you guys. Slowing. I won't I'm, take too much you guys, time. You guys, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to kill this one. Quick. I cannot keep thinking about people's a- and bears' assholes. Uh, don't worry. I'm not. I'm not going to make this. you think about assholes too you much. You are but making this happen. If 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 you saw just a a, a pile no. of, and you put your hand <laughs> in it, and you put your hand in it, how would you clean your hand? Would I know. You, would I you understand. A, it's true. Take toilet paper and rub it on your hand, and then call it good. <laughs> Or would you be run some hot water on it and maybe some soap? Right, right. This has been the weirdest promotion for Jason's new podcast, Bidet Talk. (laughs) Guys, it's not that far away from happening. What if it's Bidet Ock? Because the T's are silent. (laughs) I I think what we can say definitively is that... (laughs) Bidet Ock. That's the kind of joke I appreciate. Um, I think what we can say definitively is that because the grizzly in this movie kills other bears, which we see, it takes out one of the tracked bears... This grizzly would do the public service of killing the Charmin bears. I us. appreciate that. Yeah. Which, yeah, gr- gone too soon, grizzly who could have avenged us all. Yeah, side so, note, eliminate the Shantix turkey as well. <laughs> <laughs> that Shantix turkey is, which I'd like to think that Shantix turkey is actually. Uh, Shantix turkey's a smug bastard. <laughs> Fuck the Shantix turkey. Which, who's, the, who's the actor who was also in the Shantix commercials? I don't know. No, with the, the pockmarked face, and he was, he's an actor. I don't know that oh. I've seen a human being in the Shantix commercials. Well, you look that up. Okay, I'm going... you look, but so you explain what how we re meet Billy Bob at the so Billy Bob's how he emerges in for his final hurrah. So what happens first is first is that we think he's dead. Ray Liotta. Yes. Oh, I'd like to think that the Shantix turkey is Ray Liotta, <laughs> oh, but Ray Liotta is like a a, a wear turkey. <laughs> 
and so he like, like blood freak yeah so like he can only at certain times he's sometimes he's a turkey and sometimes he's ray Liotta, and that's why he doesn't act very often anymore oh okay and then also that's why the turkey is <laughs> is addicted to cigarettes <laughs> and that's that's to I mean, explain considering how outrageous the shantix turkey is this is entirely possible this is this is entirely like that's my <clears throat> head canon when i started seeing the chance the shantix turkey i was like <laughs> Ray Liotta is a turkey. <laughs> all right, all right. So, <laughs> so Douglas, Douglas, the the Ahab of the, the of Grizzlies. Yeah, we think he's dead. They find like people parts in the woods, and glasses have been ditched because Douglas wears glasses, and they're like, "Shit, we've lost Douglas. Douglas is dead." Well, in part, like the beginning of the climax of this movie, because the the climactic bear sequence lasts a very long time in Into the Grizzly Maze. It's so great. It's so there are so many false endings in Into the Grizzly Maze. Yeah, and the Grizzly is the Jason of this movie. <laughs> Producer Jason throws up his arms in triumph. Um, I didn't mean you. I meant like Jason the Voorhees. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we have we think we think Douglas is dead. Piper Parabo has ended up in peril, which is the only purpose that the women in this movie serve. Women that they keep calling the girls over. You got to get the girls down the mountain. You got to get the girls down the mountain. Piper Piper, Parabo in peril. Piper Parabo. Another great sentence. Um, (laughs) She's on the ground. She's been backed down by the grizzly. It's in her face and screaming. Then Thomas Jane starts shooting at it to back the bear off of her. And when we think the bear is going to go for Thomas Jane suddenly emerging from the mist in the woods is Douglas with half a face. His ear is by his chin. He has huge gashes on his left cheek and he is shooting a rifle at this bear. His face looks like someone put the pastry, a bear claw onto his face, (laughs) a raspberry bear. It's, it is so... He's not bleeding. No. He just has giant open wounds on his face. And he is staring this bear down, and it is running straight at him. And he fires as many bullets as he can before he comes up empty. And then Douglas dies the only... Douglas ends his life the only way Douglas could, which is at the hands of a super bear. Yeah. So it's really a moment of glory totally made sense he couldn't live douglas couldn't live to the end of this movie that was a great choice yeah and i was so worried when we find the glasses and there's blood and i should have known better but i i truly the movie had me at this point where i just was so genuinely disappointed that we didn't get to see douglas die yeah that would have have some bullshit i really i was like oh billy bob only had three days of shooting and then he was done And so that's how Billy Bob dies in this movie. Like much like how um, in Avalanche, I was like, okay, well they only had um, Mia Farrow for like three days. So that's (laughs) why we don't get her for most of the third act. Right. But no, no, no. He had to return victorious and triumphant and with half a face and glory. And here's a, here's the thing. Like I'm going to put this in reality index too, because it just so underestimates the strength and survivability of women that this is completely fucking absurd that we have Douglas shows up with half a face to try and kill the bear at through the end of the bear climax, Thomas Jane, Rowan and, and, 
uh, what is it? Uh, Beckett, the brothers, Rowan and Beckett. Rowan and Beckett had been beat to shit by yeah. this bear, but they continue fighting. And we have Piper Parabo's character hurts herself in her own goddamn snare. Like, gets and a develops wire around her ankle. Yeah, and develops a leg injury. And then Kylie, Kaylee, Kaylee falls down a hill. Calf goes through a branch in a tree trunk, impaling the meat of her leg. She's fucking out of commission. She has to be carried down the mountain. Why the hell were these women not allowed to get like knocked the hell around, but get back up again and serve some goddamn purpose in this movie besides just being distressed? That was the, my that God. That was bad. I don't know. There was there was one moment where Kaylee handles a gun. And yes. that was it. There's one um, moment and where... And that was where she fires it into the air. And it was probably a bad choice, to be honest. <laughs> it <laughs> might have drawn the bear to their location. Yeah. Hmm. And Piper Parabo fires a flare gun at the Grizzly at one point that's charging at them. And it just, of course, glances right off the back of the Grizzly bear. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, this thing's not going to get taken down by, a like, a flare. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the Grizzly confrontation starts in the woods between... James Marsden and the bear. He's leading the bear away from Thomas Jane and, and the girls. Uh, because t James Marsden insists that he can move faster through the woods than a grizzly can. No, he says he moves faster than his brother. He's like, you're I, stronger, I'm faster, you carry the girls. I thought that he said I, at one point, I'm faster than a grizzly. No, I, I don't remember that at he all. Does. I don't remember that at all. We, I think he would know that a bear can run like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't, I know he said, I, I, you're I, stronger, I'm fast. Not like stronger than the bear, I'm faster than right. the bear. <laughs> like, combined, we are He-Man. You're, you're stronger than the bear, Thomas Jane. I'm faster than the bear. We've got this. He no, was like, I just could have sworn that after that, he's like, I can I can move in the woods. Like, because I thought that he, Thomas Jane expressed concern and I could have sworn that James Marsden like reassures him that he can move in the woods better than the bear can. I don't. But if you don't remember that, I will go with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't me. remember that at all. Okay. But he, Thomas Jane is getting the girls to, you know, as much safety. They're heading down to the river. I guess they, they hope that they can just get in the water and swim because no, they, they certainly they, don't know that they, the sheriff's they boat they will be there, gonna, do they? They know. They say, like, we're going to get picked up by Sully. That's the whole thing. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Somehow they're because they were going to radio for Sully to pick them up over on that side. And Sully happens to already be waiting down on the river because he has been overcome with guilt for having enabled this process of yeah. driving the grizzly to desperation by letting poachers overrun the woods. So when they get down to the water, the boat is already there. And so they're getting on it. They're ready to go. Well, James has been leading the bear away. James ends up it, like diving off a cliff into a body of water to get clear of the bear. We find the men, we find James, uh, Thomas Jane, find Thomas Jane and the women are down by the water. The boat's empty. And then we see Sully and he's the only person I think in this movie had a gun commensurate with the size of the bear they were hunting. Yeah. He looked like he had a big goddamn shotgun. Everybody else looked like they were out there killing birds. Yeah, no. I mean, James Morrison has a six-shooter rifle, um, like, from the Wild West. <laughs> and then you've got Beckett, who refuses to carry a gun, but has brought a trank gun of some sort, like a trank rifle. Which, in an incredible, one of the best moments in the movie, James Morrison looking at me, is like, you still want to, like, be shooting, you know, like, you still want to be shooting darts at that bear? And he just takes the gun and throws, he takes the trank gun, throws it into the woods. He just tosses it, like, fuck you. It's like, I mean, you could have used that later, but like, I guess travel light. Yeah. I, I mean, might not be a bad thing to just like be able to shoot at the bear. Yeah. Although the bear in the great tradition of like predators in these movies. Yeah. 
it never once is like, well, this is a situation where I'm in danger. I'm going to run away. Yeah. Um, these animals don't, they just have fight. There is no flight in this. And I, I respect that, that focus. Yeah. And it like, it's killing its own at this point. It's killing other bears. As yeah. we see, um, we look at, for some reason, there's like an imaging thing they look at at one point where it shows the oh, movement right. of the tagged bears in the area and they are exiting the grizzly maze. Like something is driving them out. So this thing is just equal opportunity murder all the way. Okay. So they can get lost in it, but they can easily escape it. Is what you're yes. telling me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. With where there's a will, there's a way. And when suddenly the pressure's on, they the bears like, will find their way out. They were just cutting their own way through the maze. Yeah. Yeah. They were they yeah, they they carved their own path out of the maze. Yeah. So we we have the fight start with James Marsden and the bear who's leading him the bear away from his family. And then the bear takes the fight to his family because it comes down to the water. It literally bites the face off of Sheriff Sully. It ate, it popped Sully's head like a watermelon. Like it is a still shot. There's, it's not a quick cut. You're looking at the bear, the CGI bear biting the face of a man and and just crushing it. Is this more gruesome than like the uh, underwater deaths? Um, I don't think it, it, it seems, it, it feels a bit more cartoonish mm. in the it, underwater it's deaths. Absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd. Like, again, it is like someone put inside of a bear jaw, a watermelon. Yes. And that's just what happens to Sully's head. Yes. Um, the, and, and he's just like, Oh, okay. And then the bear rears back and its mouth is all bloody. It's yeah. really great and dramatic. <laughs> the bear, by the way, you know, this used to keep saying CGI bear. 99% of this movie most of the bear is really good yes no the bear looks great there is one moment in this movie where the bear does not look great yeah the considering the proximity of the bear to people so much in this movie the bear looks fantastic yeah I was impressed by the bear yeah, there were a lot of opportunities for it to look really just edited in alongside human beings and that was very rare yeah so no. props to the props to the effects team knowing where their bread is buttered yeah they really they managed to find a way to make the bear look like and if not necessarily in the exact same moment as that, it, there was never a moment where I was like, that's not a real bear. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's a really, really well-trained acting bear. Yeah. Um, that's a great stunt bear. Yeah. Good stunt bear. And the, the fight against the bear continues on the beach after it kills Sully. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Jane and the ladies try to get away in the raft that Sully had, but the bear attacks the raft, popping it, sending them overboard while that's happening. Uh, James Marsden has emerged out of the water and then with a can of gas, James Marsden and Thomas Jane create a perimeter around the bear. Mentally communicating somehow without giving it away, their their plan away to the bear. Because the bear can understand what they're going to do and they can't call a flea flicker. They cannot call a flea flicker. Instead, they just like, yeah. communicate Tom t- James Marsden gestures at like uh, Thomas Jane he just like does a swirling motion with his finger and it's like oh I guess this is the old confuse the bear trick <laughs> the, the old circle the bear with gasoline yeah trick. <laughs> like they trade they take turns like calling attention to the bear so they can build a, a circle of gas around it and then they light it on fire mm-hmm. and they think oh we're going to contain the bear with fire well of course this is a, a grizzly of never before seen proportions so it comes charging out of the fire then it attacks James Marsden, James Marsden, or no, it attacks, uh, I think it's going for like Michelle. James Marsden stabs it. It goes for James Marsden. Thomas Jane comes in and hits it with an ax. Bear whips around and punches Thomas Jane, (laughs) sending him flying back into the boat. Bear turns back around to once again maul James Marsden, this time forcing his face underwater. And like this is just going and going and going until James Marsden finally, I think it's either with a knife or a big branch. He, with a knife, 
much like Douglas years ago, yep. stabs the grizzly in the throat, forcing it up onto its hind legs where it collapses and dies. Yeah. And it gets a, a lengthy death scene. Like we watched yes. that grizzly bleed out yes. on its hind legs. And I felt bad for the grizzly. Oh, I did. I felt very bad. Like I, I did not know I was going to feel, cause normally I don't feel bad, but I was like, <laughs> this is a brutal, this is a very long period of time that we have to watch the life drain out of this imaginary <laughs> grizzly's eyes. Yes. But yeah, I did love, I loved that they did tie it back and had him kill the bear as apparently is the only way you can kill a bear. Oh uh, yeah. Stabbing Didn't a bear know. in the throat. Jugular. Gotta always go for the jugular with the bear. And they like Thomas Jane bear punch, James Marsden mauled twice and yet yeah. minimal injuries. They're fine. Like walking. They can minimal they can injury. Kylie, Kaylee, Kaylee is far more wounded having taken a branch through the calf than, sh- than either of those men who had giant bear claws yeah. the size of like 50 millimeter shells ripping at their bodies and they kind of just have surface wounds. Yeah, I mean, the paw the paw mark is definitely the size of Billy Bob Thornton's head yeah. as evidenced by the fact that his face is torn off. So well, I mean, he puts those. his hand in a palm mark yeah. on the ground and that thing is like yeah. the size of a large watermelon. It's, it's gigantic. This huge bear is bear huge. Paw. Yeah, and so... One would, I mean, basically the bear on all fours is the size of a human, uh, is as as tall as like Piper Parabo is because they are face to face. Yeah, on all fours. Yeah. And then of course when it stands up, it's a goddamn house. Yeah, it's gigantic. Um, But you know, it's really hard to take a tree branch through the calf. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was wounds to your torso, mm -hmm. like bear claws to your torso. Sure. Your intestines like might come out. Might. But... (laughs) It's not your calf, Jordan. <laughs> That's you, a really tough one to get through. It's a really tough one to get through. Do we feel like, do we feel like. Especially when you're as slight as Kaylee was. Do we feel like Dr. Kaylee would have bled out? Yeah, It I, sounds like they stitched her up because she's like, we can stitch it up. So it sounds like in her pack, she may have had that. Yeah. I mean, it, but the fact that she, she. Do we think she's losing the leg? I think she, she's got major i don't think she's losing the leg there might be like an infection that's I what i'm assume. like combined infection and like time for sepsis and time the wound has been open i don't know blood loss whatever yeah. do we feel like she's maybe gonna lose the leg like crawl style sure okay I, why not uh-huh. I, I would assume that that town doesn't have great medical like right she's she's, she's it. the doctor I would assume. <laughs> she's it um maybe like they have a good black market for like extra legs <laughs> <laughs> she can just get a spare leg stitched on but i i definitely they and they make it seem like she's about to die from blood loss. Well, they into do the evening because she like she, the shivering. She, she's shivering. They have to stop. She's so tired. They're walking too slow. She needs to lie down. And that's when she and Rowan have their heart to heart, where she's like, "Did you actually kill the man?" And then he's like, "I'm gonna ex- give you a whole lot of exposition while you're dying." Yes, <laughs> while running rum. There was a gunfight between smugglers and cops. A smuggler was actually about to shoot a wounded cop in the head and kill him. So he, on reflex killed the smuggler in defense of the cop, but of course no one believed him. And then he went away from murder murder for just seven years for yeah. killing another guy in the, like everything the cop about clearly it. did not attest to him as a character witness. Everything about it made no sense. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was very much one of those things where like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. He's got to be a good guy somehow. Yeah. And I get like, ultimately like the believability yeah. on that was high because it was like, of course, James Marsden didn't kill him. Well, yeah, in cold no, blood. no way would James Marsden. Never. You don't see James Marsden go like, that's a man who killed someone and is a bad guy. Now. Yeah. Not unless no. you're watching the movie gossip from the year 2000. <laughs> that is the and exception. And he's a piece of shit. 
everybody. That was a real Chekhov's gossip. Before we started recording, Jordan was going deep on gossip. So she she tweeted about it last night. I was recommend it highly enough. Did you go down a James Marsden K hole? And she was very indignantly replied, "Excuse me, this is a Lena Headley. This is a Lena Headey starring film." Um, and I just thought that she had started watching it because of the James Marsden connection. Wow. It was Not, probably subconscious, and that was probably what drew it, drew me to it. I, I just, I mean, I just assumed it. to a flame. <laughs> it, yeah, the 1990s, like, hot young people horror thrillers. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is truly. The brand. faculty teaching Mrs. Tingle, disturbing behavior, this, urban legends, urban legends, final cut, like, name it, give it to me, all of it. Yeah. Um, God, you just named so many cheekbones. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Start. You know what? This is for another time. But I will say, and fight me on this on Twitter if you want. I will say the movie Flatliners started this trend. Joel Schumacher created this aesthetic for us, Whoa. and Joel Schumacher, I thank you Whoa. for that. Yeah. Did you ever see the remake of what Flatliners? Oh yeah. Yeah. Poor. I thought. So. But I'm. You know. I hope. I. I'm happy for Nina Dobrev. I like my girl Ellen. It's <laughs> a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, was, I, like, I was like. I like. Man, why do I not want to see Ellen, Ellen Nina Dobrev? I wanted yeah. better for all of them. Anyway. Um, but now does that bring us, I love that. I'm just looking at a note on my pages that says, Jesus, these women are liabilities. (laughs) Um, it's gotta be, it's kind of weird for me. I was, I was watching it. I was just like, I'm so used to watching movies where women are just like, you're just like, Oh God, please just save yourself that it didn't even, I didn't even phase me that they were just useless. It just seemed like a, it, it seemed discordant in this movie. It was <laughs> like, this felt regressive in a way that this movie didn't need to be. Yeah. Like some movies are regressive and you're like, yeah, you know, that's your thing. <laughs> but like, why even have the women there? They, we didn't need them for the drama of the brothers or yeah. to make the grizzly bear more scary. No, that's true. I just found in my notes, she's deaf. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just all caps. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, no, there was no need for it and there was no need. I mean, we kind of get the the vibe. I you and I disagree. Like I I went in thinking like I wasn't sure who was going to end up with whom until it was yeah. very clear that they were not interested in, in giving us more story than that. Yeah. Um, but Haley obviously was like just supposed to be there to give Mar- James Marsden something to do. Yes. Yeah. He needed another like emotional set of stakes. Yeah. Besides his brother. Yeah. And like, you know what? Justice for Adam Beach. He, we he we yeah. don't even see him die, we see him alive for maybe ninety seconds. Oh yeah, we get your no one your one First Nations person in a movie where that's going to be a kind of part of the subplot, uh, and the part of the main plot. Fuck you. Yeah, like let Adam Beach tough it out for a few days at the very least in the woods and let us cut to him, especially since he's the reason your hero character is in the woods. Let us see him heroically trying to survive. He's shot by the poachers. Yeah. before he's savagely ripped apart by a bear, like assholes i mean there was no reason that he couldn't be just barely alive they yeah. find his body and then the bear attacks again yeah. and they have to leave him for dead yeah okay like so that yes. yeah i was i was with you on that there was no reason not to especially because like we don't get any new information by his being already dead no and we don't get any new information by his being dead in the first scene by gunshot no like okay so to explain why he's dead the first place with the poachers they're overkilling and they're overkilling specifically to get bear paws and bear livers. Yeah. Bear bladders. Gallbladders. Gallbladders. Yeah. Um, because, and because there's, and what this ties into is the Chinese market for both of those is really Does it? the Chinese okay. and Asian market. Cause Thomas which, Jane's character is like, uh, you know, like paws and bladders, the big money. So that yeah. is something. Okay. I looked it up. There's like a whole Wikipedia thing on, on bear bile. Um, oh. and bear paw is a, 
a very ex- like I guess a delicacy or a, a sought after dish. Got it. Um, it's also an average uh, diner in St. George, Utah. Yeah. Oh God, no! It's all over the place. Yeah. Bear, bear paws. Bear paw. Bear paw. Oh no, I'm thinking black bear. You're thinking black bear. Oh I yeah, that's black bear. yeah, that's every black bear. Black bear is also average. bear paw is more of like a breakfast diner. I love St. George, Utah. I sh- it's a good place. St. George wow. is great. Yeah. They also the place. they have um a, that's where I have my my random like my ill gotten uh, tadpole fossils. <laughs> There's we like have fossils of tadpoles. I have of tadpole burrows. Um, it was by mistake. I wasn't supposed to take them. Spiced. I don't have. I don't have tadpole burrow <laughs> fossils. Um, but there's like they have a. They have this like huge tract of land that's a dinosaur museum because they have all these dinosaur tracks. Oh, it's really cool. Saint George cool. is awesome. Cool. Strongly recommend Saint George. Also, they have every single like fast casual restaurant you could want to go to. <laughs> yep. Black Bear Diner. And confirm. Yeah, no, there is a Black Bear. There's oh, Bear Paw and yeah. there's Black Bear there. Yeah. So does that bring us then to the reality, to the conclusion of the reality index and into what is this movie really about? I'm excited for okay, this. Okay, what, what do you got? I want to hear it. Um, so I actually think that this entire movie mm-hmm. is um, is not actually set in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Oh. I believe that this town is in fact purgatory. Whoa. And I was going to say, is this like a Tommy Westfall snow globe situation? I think that there, I think that Thomas Jane's character died at the time as a child. And now he's like, and this he's aged in purgatory. Okay. I believe that Rowan maybe died in that shootout or died in jail. One of the two. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're both dead. They're all dead. Everybody's dead. They're all dead. Uh Um, And that is why the town has so much illegal activity. Oh, is because so that's why there's there's these there's the poachers, there's the illegal loggers, there's prostitution, there's all these different things. These are all people who met a bad end. Yeah, or to serve as temptations. Oh, to okay. send you one way or the other. So but this is his circle of hell. This is like not quite no, circle purgatory. of hell, but more like the good place tests. Oh, okay. So that's why he's tempted by a prostitute in the first scene. Would have loved a Janet to be in. Oh, this. if they could have just called a Janet and been yeah. like, Janet, can you uh, help us get more efficient guns? Yeah, Jar- Darcy <laughs> Carden just snaps in out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, so that's why like, why there's a prostitute in the first scene who tries to tempt him. Right. If he had gone for sneaky it, prostitute, sneaky pr- stealth prostitute. If he <laughs> had gone for it then he would have been sent to hell he would have been damned to hell instead he ends up meeting up with his brother and these other two women one of whom might not actually be dead i don't know if kaylee is a real person or not right yeah she did be an apparition she could be like memory of his yeah a memory something that like was of great value to him um and then of course they do fully describe the bear as the devil they do they do so um my my operating theory is that um entirely i like this yeah and that's why they have to cross the river at the end uh-huh. mm. because it's the river Styx. Oh my God. Whoa. Wow. It's very Holy complete. Shit. Yeah. So I, I guess that would make, I guess that would almost be a relief about the, yeah. f- the female characters in this because they would truly just be serving as tests and yeah. serve absolutely no purpose beyond testing the men. Yeah. And that's why like, it's exactly it. And Which so, is exactly and also what they the story of his dad, like crying because he can't save the mom. Yeah. Well, that happens very close to the grizzly maze. And you know why you can't save the mom? The mom's already gone into the grizzly maze because mom's dead. Because <laughs> mom's dead. Mom's dead. <clears throat> so yeah, and that's why like only really like bears can't even bears get lost in the grizzly maze because even bears die. Wow. So yeah, that's, this is amazing. That's what I'm going. It, it's yeah, that's it's grizzly impressive. amazing. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. I, it's, I was that's like, wonderful. And this was not one of those ones where I had to really work hard on it. As soon as no, I was like, what I mean, if they're this, all dead? And this I was like, is oh. all piecing together very easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so that that's what I think this movie is really about. I think that they were dead all along. <laughs> wow. Wow. I you know I don't I don't have anything so lofty. I'm I'm going pretty literal on this one. Mm. This is about um, the corrective nature, the nature of corrective measures to man's disruption of the planet. Okay, can mm. only be severe for it to have an effect. There can subtle and incremental change will <clears throat> yield no truly positive resorts, results, nor will it convince the population to participate in such like everyday corrective measures. They must be so severe, our reminders that we have fucked over the planet Earth, that bare justice is sent to exact retribution on us all for totally destroying the world. Wow. Yeah, I think it like it is it is a it is a warning that like your electric cars will not save you, your recycling bins will not save you. The only thing that will save you is when the population is thinned by Mother Earth acting out and annihilating a sufficient amount of you in most in grisly enough ways so as to make you realize that you fucked up and you now must pay the price. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Geostorm levels of of meteorological events the happening grizzlies the size of houses wind turns into poison <laughs> that is what we're dealing with here okay cool wow. cool cool yeah. cool <laughs> great do great. you have do you have dream casting for this um you know i i originally was going to like play into the general themes of uh of the of the pod and mm-hmm. cast the brothers as miles and ansel but they <clears throat> die early on right um but then once you said the thing about Toby Keebler. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, Toby okay. Kebble. No, Toby Keebler. You'll <laughs> <laughs> never convince me otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I was like, oh, I see. This is just the cast of <laughs> the Hurricane Heist. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great parallel for I Hurricane mean, Heist casting. I absolutely. Definitely. So we've got Toby. We've got Ryan Quantin. Um, Agent Maggie Grace is a total could be a totally leveled up Kylie. I, I would just I would Kylie honestly I would just merge Kaylee and and Michelle. Mm-hmm. I would have Ancient Maggie Grace is a not deaf <laughs> yeah. field researcher. Who yeah, she's who is married to Thomas Jane. He's like some she goes into the woods for three months at a time. She yeah. studies the Grizzlies. This is what it is. And she's very capable. She's very mm. capable. She is safety minded. I've got her GPS tracker on here, but weird, it hasn't moved for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all of that. And so that's just how I'd reframe it. Um, I would love to keep Billy Bob in it, and then we will swap in for the sheriff um, Irish guy from... from Oh, uh, Ralph Innocent. Ralph Innocent, thank yes. you. So Ralph Innocent will be the crooked sheriff. Oh, okay. Um, but he won't be quite so good. I think that the, <laughs> the climax will be that they are almost escaping on the boat and then the sheriff shows up and is like, well, you won't be taking that boat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then instead the bear eats them and it eats him and that's when they get away. And it's not like a, Oh my God, save him. It's like, yeah, bear. Yeah. The bear turns (laughs) on. You're rooting for the bear. You're rooting. You're like, yes, the bear's eating the bad sheriff. I honestly thought the way that they were framing, um, bear justice in this movie, I thought that it would let Piper live. It would like, sense her pure heart and let her go. Because it, the bear was cognizant enough to be making the, it seemed yeah. like very high level decisions. I was like, is this going to be like, no, you're one of the good ones. You can go. Yeah. But it didn't do that, which I'm kind of bummed about. I actually was really thrilled that it didn't do that. I was okay. like, oh, okay, cool. No, this bear is not like, this bear does not sense our inner hearts. This bear just wants, <laughs> this bear knows that there's no good in the heart of man. Ultimately, I am actually got, you're right. I, I would not have wanted to have felt 
Because I was sad to watch the bear die, but if he had if he had had any semblance yeah. of empathy in him, that would have made it actually impossible for the movie to end the way it did. Right. He would have had to have been left alive. Had to. Yeah. If he had been able to decision make and basically be basically be the like judge, the like God on the altar judging man at the gates. At the gates. Making again, the purgatory decision. I would I would again argue that the bear is ultimately the devil taking souls. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, the bear is taking the souls, which is why like we don't know, you know, when it eats Zoe and drags her out of that car. Yeah, op- like Officer Zoe. Officer Zoe, she gets a real rough death. Like yeah. that she does get an almost TJ Miller being like squeezed out of his suit kind yeah. of death. Yeah. Um, it's one of those gets- just like, oh, this is she's just getting it's is slow and painful and bad. Yeah, and then he like leaves the bear doesn't much like a the hog in um, <laughs> In in boar, mm. it does not finish eating its meal, and you're no. like, well, that's why you're so damn hungry all the time. Eat the rest of Zoe; she's a good old snack. Yeah, um, they did. The bear does waste a lot. Like, yeah. and they talk about the bear in terms of like he's desperate for food. He's desperate for food. It's like, no, this bear's sport killing. Yeah, <laughs> this bear, this is bear a isn't hungry. Yeah, this bear is this this bear's hunting mm-hmm. for fun. Yeah, this bear's a predator. So so. Like, we don't know what Zoe got into before that. We have to assume. <laughs> we don't know. We have to assume that Zoe was like doing something deeply corrupt, like selling the drugs um, that they were confiscating or mm-hmm. something like that on the black market. Or yeah. she was like taking bribes. So I would assume, and again, the bear is the devil taking souls that have failed their tests uh-huh, to uh-huh. hell. <laughs> failed their tests to hell. Yeah. So that's that's my fantasy. Going back, that's my fantasy mm-hmm. casting. It's basically just slot in um, as much of the cast of... The hurricane heist is want to work. <laughs> Whoever wants a job, come yeah. get a job. We'll make a spot for you. Whoever wants to work. Yeah. I am going to go because I, I like this. I, I This cast is so satisfying for what it is. But I have to like, okay, I know I'm going to leave Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. I Billy know Bo- I'm going to leave Bob Billy Bob Thornton. Taking Billy Bob as like taking out Ernie Hudson in these sorts of situations. Right. Like, yeah. You get him for a reason. You're keeping him. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, he, he, he just, he's, he's too good to take off screen. And I love to see James Marsden any place. And I think Thomas Jane is very well placed in this movie. But gosh, okay, what am I going to do? I am going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to make these for some reason, British people in the middle of these Pacific Northwest woods. (laughs) Um, And they're, the brothers are going to be Jason Statham. Sure. And Tom Hardy. Oh, this is a very different movie. Tom Hardy is going to be, Rowan uh-huh. and Beckett is going to be the stave. And I don't know why Are they, they live where the they bears? live. What was that? Are they going to wrestle the bear? There's definitely going to be more opportunities here for when they get in the scrapes with the bears mm. to, for these men <clears throat> to physically almost overpower the grizzly. Sure. Yeah. Even if to. not, yeah. Even if not for like the sustained effort of a whole fight, but enough to like, punch a bear in the face yeah. and get the bear off it so they can scramble to a gun yeah. or something like that. I think like that's that. in both of their contracts. They, I mean, like, they absolutely, those are two <clears throat> men who punch bears in faces. And they are, sure. and I'm going to make, and they're, like, the women, they're going to stay in the movie. They're going to be, like, former military, basically. Mm. Like, okay. these are real-ass people who can handle themselves. And it's basically, and it's it's going to be, like, all these people are survivalists in the woods and I'm going to carry over. I'm going to make love interest. Haley (laughs) keep wanting to call her Kylie. Love interest. Kaylee is going to be the sister of the two brothers. And I'm going to reunite with Jason Statham 
Vanessa Kirby mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. And because I loved and them. from another Fast and Furious movie, whichever one it was. Eight. They were not in it together. In eight oh, together. You're right. I loved her. I loved her in Hobbs and Shaw. She was such a great choice. And I loved her age, regardless of the weirdness, brother, sister dynamic with the stain. Yeah. And because we mentioned her last week and she deserves more attention, sure. I'm going to make conservationist um, Michelle basically an off-the-grid woman who is going to be the estranged wife of Tom Hardy's character. Or like, mm. I can't decide, estranged wife of Tom Hardy or estranged wife of Jason Statham because it's going to be Both. Lena Hetty. Oh, yeah. Uh. It's going to be Lena Hetty. Yeah. So I don't know whether, I don't really know where that pair is best. I, I feel like think, Statham. Okay, so here's my vote on that one. Yeah. Um, she chose Statham. Ah. Mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. Hardy. Oh, okay. And now she's estranged from Statham having made the wrong choice. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay, good. And yeah, and she's going to be like, like getting back to her Sarah Connor roots yeah. out in the woods. Love it. And so that's going to be my main four. And then the two poachers in the beginning of the movie are going to be Miles Teller and Ansel Elgort. Mm. Great. Adam Beach is going to still be in this movie, but he's not going to get short shrift and he's actually going to play a meaningful role in it. Great. That is my casting. I like that casting. Hell yeah. And this could be, fuck, I don't know, in the woods of wherever there's a big stand of woods somewhere in the UK they probably don't have there Christmas are no in, the bears UK. in the UK anymore. there are no bears okay. all the bears were hunted to death in, <clears throat> all right in the UK. Then we're gonna stay or was that wolves we're gonna stay in the continental United States then we're gonna stay in the same place um yeah so that's my dream casting I love it what you could just have Jason they, that could just be a regional dialect yeah there we go <laughs> yeah. there we go there or their dad relocated them because the dad had lived in London then was like there's no bears here yeah <laughs> let's move somewhere there's bears guys move where there are bears yeah I need a purpose yeah I love when in like there was like two years ago where Jason Statham was in like an ultra conservative movie and he played like a dad with a baseball cap in like rural America yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was um, it wasn't Homeland, but it was yeah, something like some with the sort word of, home in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah, plays yeah. a veteran Marine, yeah. and he's always British. I don't think he's ever used. Yeah, he accent. never. He, like, could they just not get John Cena for that? He runs. <laughs> I. I mean, this is territory that John Statham plowed very far, very long time before John Cena did. Um, sure. that's actually one of his better, that's actually one of his better movies. I think, really? Jason I never Statham. saw it. I Cause I was state. like Jason Statham wearing a baseball cap. Yeah. It's in Jason Nebraska Statham beating up meth dealers. Ah, oh, there okay. it is. And protecting his daughter. Sheridan. Like, fuck yeah, man. Okay. Um, there it is. Yeah. It's his, it's his, it's his Taylor Sheridan movie. Um, yeah. all right. So what does that bring us to the towering infernos, Amanda? I really enjoyed this. Great. Like really? <laughs> so su- for a movie that's called Into the Grizzly Maze, uh-huh. so surprising how much I enjoyed this. I want to go like four. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? Does that feel high? No, I don't think it feels high. I My instinct was four. Yeah. I knocked it down to three and a half because the uselessness of the women was so pernicious. Yeah. But I like four. I like four as a vote. I like, I mean, I've having, and I, I'm yeah. glad to hear you being more generous than me for once. Yeah, no, I think I like, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the effects were really good. I thought they the were. characters, like I enjoyed watching them, even if the women were useless. But again, I'm so used to women being useless in a role like this. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's just like part of it. And honestly, I even like had a brief moment of 3.75, but you got to give it at least half a point just for Billy Bob alone. And that, yeah. Just N- for, just for the line, you know, since you're playing with tiddlywinks asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I got I got to give it four. No, I, I, I think I, I think it's totally defensible and I, I'm going to go with 3.5 and respect the four. Thank you. But uh, yeah. And uh, Jason, based on what your observations have been on this pod, 
What would you give it just uh, based on this summary? Mm. Based on this summary, yeah, I I'm mean, curious, what is a what is a Into the Grizzly Maze sound like to somebody who has not watched it? I love I love a bear. I love uh, faces <clears throat> getting ripped off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not too fond of of entirely useless women. That's, yeah. that's never a fun time. Um, uh, hmm. It sounds like to me a three and a half. Okay. 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 That's the the abstract view is a three and yeah. a half. That's actually uh, that would also be a fair assessment, which settles us at a three point seven five. Yeah. Boom. And that brings us to the conversation of what we will be watching next week. Amanda, would you like to well, share Jordan, with the class? I would love to share with the class. Next week, we will be watching from nineteen sixty four the film Fail Safe. This is a legitimate classic film. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sydney Lumet is the. I never know. Lumet. Sorry. Sydney Lumet is the director. Uh-huh. Sydney Lumet. Lumet, is it? No. I don't know. No. I think it's Sydney Lumet. I think it's Sydney it's, Lumet yeah. as well. Yeah. Sydney Lumet. I don't know. Sure. It's been a long time since I took a film class. And it stars um, Walter Matthau and Henry Fonda. Yeah. So we get another Henry Fonda as president movie. Mm-hmm. If you need, if you want to watch it along with us, you can find it on, it is available on the Criterion Collection. Uh, yeah. This is a fucking rad film. Yeah. And it's from an era when Dr. Strangelove gets all the sort of shine for a nuclear disaster movie. And this is not a satire. It is a kind of like minute by minute. What if we thought the rush, what if we thought the USSR launched nukes at us and we had to make the critical decision to respond and incite global nuclear war or hold back for better intelligence enduring a possible first strike before we get the chance to retaliate and our missile silos are wiped out. I mean, it is a nail biter. Real upper of a movie. Oh, it is. It is great stuff. I remember when I saw it, it like changed my life. It's so fucking good. So if you want to watch it, you can find it on Criterion Collection. It's available for rent on Amazon. It is also available for rent on Vudu, Google Play, um, and YouTube. Um, so yeah, so watch us next, come back next week and we will have Failsafe for you. Yeah, it'll be a real uh, yeah. do your homework experience. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks well, for listening. Um, social media. Yeah, thank you. Yes. I was just ready to wrap it up. I'm tired. <laughs> um, so if you want to find, I am available. I am on Twitter at Amanda R. Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two B's. Jordan, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at Jorcrew, J-O-R-C-R-U. I am at Jason Halftones. The podcast is at disaster underscore pod. You can find us. Um, Carla Gugino, Alex Daddario, The Rock. Respond to us anytime. Anytime. Anytime when you want. You t- when you want to come we'll on come the show. You. I desperately want to see The Rock holding my dog. When you want to come on the show. Yeah. Um, ready. Okay, so, right. Disaster underscore pod. <laughs> uh, you can email us. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Leave we a are, rating. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Please, guys, share us on Twitter. Share us with your friends. Make everybody you know and love listen to us. Um, if you're, you're quarant- staying inside because of coronavirus, I was about to say, if you're to the quarantine, podcast. 14 days. Look, we have a lot of episodes. That We've got 24 episodes. You can find all of the ep- all the episodes on any of your streaming platforms. You can also, if you want to, go on to Letterboxd. We're on Letterboxd oh, yeah. now. <laughs> and you can find um, a list with all of our ratings. We have listed all of the movies that we've reviewed. Links to all the episodes there as well. Yes, Absolutely. join us. Yeah, if you, if you have any friends who like to pontificate about absolute garbage, uh, this, is the <laughs> kinda, this is the kind of show for them. Oh, yes. So join us. Yes, well, we will be, list- we will be hearing from you soon, I'm sure. All right, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know.